What is up, party people? Welcome to Saturdays and Seltzers. This week, we have some reactions to the primetime games from NFL Week 1, a preview of the PLL Championship, and is. honestly, a lot of tea was spilled, like way more than usual. So thanks for listening to us. I love you guys so much. Let's have a yeah. good one. Let's go. We'll talk a little bit, sip a little bit. Sarah, Kendra, I see you ladies. Y'all know what time it is. Uh, uh, woo. Looking like you just graduated. Woo. Coming from a place that y'all gravitating. Woo. Looking like a boss, I just had to say. Woo. I know you got the sauce, no potato bread. Woo. All right, sis, knock him out, Mike Tyson. Woo. And I like it. Show me a place I can buy it. Woo. But you priceless. Superwoman, no sidekick. I'm in Towers, and you're listening to Saturdays and Seltzers. Let's fucking go. What is up, party people? Happy Saturday. My name is Kendra Middleton, joined by my co-host, Sarah Griffin, and welcome to Saturdays and Seltzers. Going to kick off the show, as we always do, with our HLH, which is our high of the week, low of the week, and our hero of the last week. Before we do this, Sarah, I have to say, I think it's so funny how you all like always dress so cute for this show. And I am literally in like a got that BDE t-shirt and boxers. I had a call earlier that like I had to be dressed up for. So I was like, plus I'm also dealing with, I need to do so much laundry. So I'm like, I'm just gonna put on a dress for this call. Cause normally if I do that, like I'll just put on a nice shirt and then just like gym shorts but mm-hmm. I have to wash literally everything. I'm so behind on laundry. So I was like, fuck it. I'll just wear this. I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing laundry today too. I have to actually go grab it after our show. But like, even without fail, you always at least like look cute on top. And I'm just like, well, I'm gonna wear a hat and like a Jags t-shirt. I don't know. <laughs> it just makes me laugh every week. Cause I'm like, oh, Sarah's so cute. And I'm here like this. <laughs> uh, have you seen those TikToks that are like uh, the golden retriever girl like girl and like of the friend group or whatever and then like the other the black cat friend yeah (laughs) you're the golden retriever friend and I'm the black cat friend with blonde hair though what's funny is multiple like ones of other my friends have sent me that they're like this is you and me I was like is it just because I like dress brightly (laughs) it's just because like I feel like people see this side of Sarah on the internet that cracks me up because she is so sweet and funny and stuff like that. But behind closed doors, Sarah, and I, and she doesn't show it to very many people, but she's kind of a fucking savage. <laughs> I like I just so have way few, more of an attitude than I let on. <laughs> you do. So few people, I think, see that side of Sarah, but like I get texts from Sarah sometimes and I'm like, did she really just say that? <laughs> Like, it always shocks me, but, like, it makes me laugh. Um, Okay, so last week we kind of switched up how we're doing our HLH. We're going to kind of go back and forth on them just because I feel like sometimes we wind up talking about each other's anyway. So, Sarah, what was your high of the last week? Um, I have two highs. One, I talked about this last weekend, but I got to spend the weekend with my Nana, which is very nice. I don't get to see her that often for, like, long periods of time, so that was definitely a high. And my other high goes against my whole unbiased <laughs> The water dogs one, and I was celebrating, and I, like, Colleen was with me. You literally would have thought, like, they just, like, someone won the Super Bowl or something. <laughs> that is but so it's mainly funny. just because I have them winning everything on my bracket. So I was like, 
I want to be right about this so badly. And plus also I've like done 5,000 stories on them this season that it'd be kind of wrong if I didn't root for them a little bit. <laughs> Where I were you watching home. the game? Just at our apartment. Yeah, that's so mm-hmm. funny. Your neighbors were probably like, what is going on right now? Well, just the fact that it's like the first NFL Sunday and like they were like, oh, like the Patriots are losing miserably. Like what? Big Pat squirrel. What is this girl like celebrating right now? That's so funny. I love that for you. Um, Okay. My high was I got to see, like, if you don't follow me on social or us on social or whatever, or you're like new to this show, I went to DC for NFL week one. I got to see a bunch of my friends from like a bunch of different friend groups, like friends from home, friends from college, um, like Jags people that I'm friends with. So that was really cool. But my real high was Saturday night, me and all my friends from home. And then a couple of my friends from college went to this bar. Oh, and Tyler, shout out Tyler, slay. (laughs) And I don't know where, I think Tyler was with us. But this girl and her friends behind us, like this girl gets like up on her guy friend, like Kelly Clarkson, like what's that one Kelly, what's that one Kelly Clarkson song that everyone loves? Since you've been gone. Yes, that song comes on. And this girl like gets on her guy friend's shoulders and just takes her whole top off. And her titties are just out. And she's like (laughs) whipping her shirt around to get bar and like some bouncers like telling her to get down so she just gets down and then like hud- like hudges down and puts her shirt back on and I was just like what just happened this girl literally just took her titties out for Kelly Clarkson at a random bar in DC like hello That's iconic <laughs> I was just like that is insane but I'm here for it like Kelly Clarkson needs to know that she does this to people she has that influence <laughs> that's hilarious like, that is <laughs> I just was not expecting it like expecting it at all and it was just yes. awesome like who doesn't want free titties <laughs> especially surprise titties yeah. <laughs> um so that was definitely my high what was your low um my low I have two lows one school already like officially back in swing just but I think it's mainly a mix of like the fact that okay I'm still getting used to school being back but then also like championship week so I have more stuff on my plate than usual so I'm just like I know it's going to eventually like teeter out and I can figure things out but right now I'm just like this is fucking hell then on top of that and I know you can relate to this as a fellow freelancer I am so fucking sick and this isn't about like any specific like anyone I'm so fucking sick of having to rely on freelance just because it's like, oh yeah, you'll get paid weekly. And there has been so many instances, especially over the last couple months where I've had to like harass people. I'm like, hey, you're, don't tell me I'm getting paid weekly if you're not going to pay me weekly. Like I wouldn't get mad if it was like once a month, if that's what you were telling me. I'm like, I'm expecting this weekly income now. Like this is like the second time with this like same, I'm not going to like obviously name any names, but like they owed me over $600 a couple weeks ago and I was on the phone with them for like an hour about it and they're like this won't ever happen again like blah 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 and I was like Dude. okay yeah and then here we are I get paid that 600 they owed me over the course of a couple weeks have not been paid since and I was like hey yep. I'd like to have the money and promise so I'm like trying to pay bills I'm trying to budget for this weekend and I'm like is that coming or not <laughs> 
Yeah. And dude, that's so relatable. I worked a job the first week of May mm-hmm. and my contract, it was like a $500 job. I was, it was like a day job. Mm-hmm. And my contract said that I would be paid within 30 days. I have yet to see that money come through. And I have been arguing with them every week since. And it's been fucking hell. Also, like some of, once again, not naming any names, but like when I'm like freelancing for hockey and stuff like that, like it takes months to get checks back sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you have to like chase people down and it's terrible. And it's like, that's the thing is that like your contract always says like, we'll be paid by X time and it never yeah. happens, but your contract says like, it doesn't say what you can do if your money's late. So I've gotten to the point where I think moving forward, I'm going to be like, all right, well, if you don't pay me by the due date that you say you're going to pay me, I want a clause in my contract that you owe me X amount after every day that follows. That's what kills me too. I know you've seen these too, those freaking like TikToks, like be a freelancer, like blah, blah, blah. Ugh. I get paid $500 for one assignment. Like, first of all, unless you're like writing for fucking the White House, you're not getting like, especially writing assignments. I'm like, no one's paying $500 to write a single assignment. Two, I'm like, you cannot rely on that. It's not something you could just like step into. Like freelancers are hard to come by in general, but I'm like, you're going to spend 90% of the time just harassing and begging people arguing for your money you. and yeah. it gets to the point because like you know I hate arguing and stuff but I like went full Karen a couple weeks ago because I was like this is like my livelihood <laughs> yeah it's true like yeah like and to some people like 500 bucks like might not be a big deal 600 bucks whatever but it's like when you freelance and you plan to have that money and you plan around having that money like it's mm-hmm. a big deal like thank god you and I are good at like at least managing money because it's a fucking shit show yeah, that's what it was. It was, I was expecting the um, money to come in the day that my rent was due. And like, I had enough money for rent. It was just like the way I was like, I don't want to give up. Like, I think it was my PLL check entirely would cover rent, but I don't want to use my entire, like, I just got this PLL check. Now let me dole it out for rent entirely. I'm like, if I had this money, I was expecting, I'd like to be able to like budget and put stuff in savings, like whatever. And mm-hmm. then I'm like, yeah like and they like they're so annoying about like well did you submit every all your paperwork and invoice sometime I'm like yeah I did. I've been freelancing for fucking six years now believe me I'm on top of my shit that will never be an issue with me it's you guys you want to know some tea so yes I worked that job in May sent my first email in June and then the week I moved so the beginning of August I was still arguing with these people who haven't paid me And they had the balls to send me an email asking that I forgot to put in my paperwork when I submit for payment, if I had any relations with the coaching staff. Like, obviously, no, (laughs) no, (laughs) I really don't. But thanks for asking. Like, imagine if they asked that to like a dude reporter. Yeah. It would never happen. Um, I do want to circle back on something that you said at the beginning of this rant, though, Speaking of the PLL season kind of overlapping with school and NFL week one, I feel like all of, like I say the one PLL podcast that I listened to and part in my take were the people to comment on this. And we are you, you said this last week. Do you think that because of the way that the PLL schedule is structured and the way that it crosses so much stuff and kind of the backlash that they've received in the past couple of weeks, do you see them changing like where their season is? Also, we're getting so off of track. I'm so sorry, but I need to know this answer. I honestly have no idea. I was on Greg's podcast a couple of weeks ago. And they're like, oh, like you might know this. Like, are they going to change? I was like, I have no idea. I think 
again, like, I don't want to say like they should, but I think it's pretty general consensus that they should just so you do have more eyes and maximum viewership. And again, it's easier said than done, but I do think there are like little tweaks that can be made to schedule throughout the season. Again, definitely easier said than done, but I would just like, especially coming into championship weekend, because this is the biggest game of the season. Like it's going to be a good matchup. Like you have a team, the championship finally, that's never been there before. Like first championship without the whip snakes. There's so much going on. It would be like the perfect game to get everyone's eyes yeah. on it. And it is on ABC, which you would think, would get it maximum viewership but when you're competing with NFL like there's so much you can do and you know I feel like a lot of the conversation on the broadcast at least this season were like how hot it was at some of these games and it's like I think that if they moved this season up even two weeks and you had that kind of May June July beginning of August schedule it would be a lot better than that June July August September schedule because it's not like you're playing the end of September when it's at least cooling off a little bit I forget who said it. I can't, I, it was a podcast I was listening to. I can't remember which one it might've been the post game, but they were talking about like, if you like made it kind of, so like you have, okay. Like Memorial day weekend, because Memorial day weekend is big for college across. Cause that's when the championship is. But for the most part, like you're not missing a ton of guys. Like we saw more guys missing because the NLL than guys playing the championship. Cause there's only two teams in the NCAA championship. NLL it's guys just scattered everywhere. So I was like, yeah, you might be missing a few rookies here and there, but if you had your opening weekend on Memorial Day weekend, just made that whole weekend of like lacrosse, like everyone, like there's, there's no other big, like, yeah, there's baseball games and stuff, but it's not like some, like, I'm like, you have the NCAA championship for lacrosse. And then you have the opening weekend of the PLL, like that would be perfect. And then if they could have their championship fall Labor Day weekend and have it like that mm-hmm. Sunday, so it's not competing with college perfect. football, like that yeah. would be amazing. Yeah, I agree. Also, if you hear Jackson going insane, there's a horse fly in my house and he is <coughs> enamored by it. So that's what's going on back there. He's like, he's been chasing this thing around my house and is like, I don't know, you'll probably see him running around after it, but it's been an ordeal since we woke up this morning. Um, it's fucking ridiculous. Um, my low is, and I will get into like my entire recap of the Jags in our football segment. That is obviously my low. They are now ranked once again, last in the league, according to the NFL rankings. And the fact that I traveled that far for that long to see that loss. And a lot of people are really high on them against the Colts this weekend because the Colts haven't won a game in Jacksonville since 2014, which is a ridiculous stat. Um, But like, that just sucks. Like I was drinking the Kool-Aid real heavy and like for them to lose a game that they should have won, just awful um what is your hero my hero um traveling Philly this weekend and I get to see Mackie which is like Philly we love Philly but I'm like getting to see Mackie is probably the real hero of that it's true you should take Mackie to the strip club we went to I would say hopefully this Philly trip goes a little better for the last one I'm gonna go with it's not gonna for so many reasons Oh man, I'm going to go with, for some reasons, it'll be better. And for other reasons, I think you're going to get just as drunk. (laughs) I hope I do get just as drunk, but save all the other. You know, you know, um, (laughs) I, I have some comments, but I can't talk about them. Um, my hero is I'm happy 
to be in my apartment and not going anywhere and to finally be able to unpack and build the furniture of mine that was delivered um, while I was gone. Like I still have like all of my clothes and bags and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So I'm happy to just kind of like be here for a couple of days because I literally moved all my shit in and then left. Yeah. So I'm happy to be kind of just enjoying my space for a minute. So yeah, that's our HLH. Sarah doesn't have any baseball notes. I just had one thing that I wanted to talk about and it's that Aaron Judge is four away, four home runs away from the record. I think that he's on pace for 65 this season. And I just can't believe that he, one, is doing that and two, like could be not a Yankee after this year. Did you see his comments about the Red Sox? So now people are like, oh, do you want to go to the Red Sox? Which I did when I first read it, I was kind of like, oh, but if they don't fucking sign Devers and Bogarts, what in the world makes you think they're going to sign Aaron Judge? And if they did do that and not the other two, I it would not be well received. Like, I would love to have Aaron Judge on the Red Sox, but I'm like, mm, realistically speaking, I'm not going to get my hopes up. <laughs> that was going to be my question is like, if that were to happen, how do you think like the Red Sox, like if they obviously didn't sign Devers and Bogarts, but they had Aaron Judge. Like, do you think that that would be a big enough of like, a okay, we didn't spend this money so we could get this player situation. Like, would that be worth it to you? Or would you still like be like, I want to set this town on fire? I think I would still be of the mindset of I want to set this town on fire. I would be excited, but also like Aaron Judge's season he's having, like, you know, this is probably going to be the height of his career. Like you cannot replicate a season like that. And he's like, he's always good. He's going to always be good like I'm not saying he's gonna have some down year next year and even if he did by his standards it would still be amazing but I feel like I'm like everyone has this expectations for him now that if you didn't get Devers and Bogarts and then Aaron Judge isn't out here hitting 65 home runs for the Red Sox if he were to uh come to Boston everyone be like off their pitchforks yeah I think it would be better to sign Bogarts and Devers just from like a perspective of like you have a more complete team with two people that are that good but it's like I don't know how Red Sox fans would be mad at one having a talent like that and then two like big digging the Yankees over it I think that that would be like the yeah that's the thing that I think Red Sox fans would be like all right this fucking sucks but like fuck the Yankees because like if it was any other free agent that was like up that caliber I really don't think any Red Sox fans would even be like in their mindset, which I know at this point, Heimbloom, he has kind of no excuse to not spend money. Like you have, your time's up. You need to spend money on free, big yeah. free agents. But because we are so set on like, oh, Devers, Bogarts, which as we should be, but because it's Aaron Judge, like, again, if he was on any other team, no one would even really like consider it. But they're like, if we could like fuck over the Yankees like that. Exactly. That's the only reason everyone's like, oh. Exactly. Yeah. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. I have some quick NFL notes about the major games and the Jags. Obviously, Mm -hmm. this was week one and Thursday night football was the Bills and the Rams game. I have to say, I think the Bills are going to win the Super Bowl. I've been on the Bills to win the Super Bowl since weeks before the season even started. I think that if you beat the Super Bowl champions like that and their defense is just like, I'm a defensive football fan and it's like, I am a believer that defenses win championships. And I think that a lot of people are in that mindset in the NFL. And I think that Josh Allen's going to be able to clean up those turnovers, but I just don't see how, I think that for me, it's like the bills are up here and like the next closest team is here. And I don't see how anyone believes otherwise. Like if you drafted the bills defense in your fantasy league, like congratulations, like they can probably (laughs) carry you to a championship at this point. So I had so much fun watching that game. I'm glad football's back. 
Um, especially cause like now I have an excuse to stay in my house and not leave. Um, the Cowboys are so screwed. I don't know if you saw that Dak Prescott is down and had surgery. Jerry, oh, I did see that. Jerry Jones, like basically the second the game was over and it's like all the jokes are that he doesn't believe in like HIPAA rights because he like literally walked to like the media booth and was like, Dak Prescott's hand is broken. He's having surgery tomorrow. <laughs> and everyone's like, okay. So the Cowboys season is over. So they got some good news that I think originally the like diagnosis was that he was going to be out like six to eight weeks because originally I think that they thought he needed a pin and he didn't. And the surgery was successful, but it's like, okay, the NFC East hasn't had a repeat champion in forever. And it's like, now you have Cooper rush as your quarterback. And it seems like that's the direction they're going. Like they haven't traded anybody. I personally thought that they could maybe go for like cam newton even though cam newton's washed like we've seen him play like he didn't play well with the patriots but like he was good enough and it's like i think that he could fit well enough into that offense to make it work i i could see them maybe going after jordan love i think they would have to overspend to get him and i don't know if the packers are really ready to give him up just because i think that they see this as like a brett Favre, aaron Rodgers situation but an aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. situation with jordan love But I think that the best move, and a lot of people didn't like this on Twitter when I said this, but here's my thought process behind it. I think that the Cowboys should absolutely go for Tyler Huntley. And it's because, sure, I think in a lot of people's minds, like they might overspend for him, but I honestly think it's an underspend for him. And do I think that the Ravens would give him up with like Lamar's contract controversy right now? Probably not, but I think that if you gave them enough, they would. And it's like, I think Tyler Huntley could absolutely be a starter in this league. And I think that he would fit really well into the offense that they run. And eventually, like, I think that they, I I think that he could be a starter for them after the Dak Prescott days are over, because I think that they are numbered. Um, So I don't really have a whole lot of like hope for their team. And even when Dak comes back, I'm like not high on them. I also am so glad that Julio Jones is back in the NFL, like crushing it. He's Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady can make a weapon out of anybody. And yeah, he didn't have a great game. And we're going to talk about the Giselle shit later because I have it written down because you sent me a TikTok before the show and I wanted to bring it up again. But I just love Julio Jones. Like, I think he's the man. Um, I think that's all my other thoughts outside. Oh, I want to talk about Seattle getting upset the other day, too. Here's the only thoughts I have about this before I get into like a long-winded Jaguars rant um, and we can move on. But (laughs) Geno Smith and the Seahawks took it to Russell Wilson and the Broncos the other night. So my first question for you before I have like a couple of comments, I'm sure you saw on Twitter that Russell Wilson was booed when he came out in Seattle the other night. And there was a lot of controversy about this. I saw a lot of people comparing it to like when, when Brady came back and like people didn't boo him. I personally wouldn't have booed Russell Wilson if I were a Seahawks fan, just because he did win them a Super Bowl. I want to know, like, would you boo like your former Super Bowl quarterback? No, I definitely wouldn't. And I actually did watch like the last quarter of that game. I, and I know, like, I feel like the only reason I could see, maybe I understand why, was it also just seemed like, after all that drama, like, went down and stuff, like, it just seems like his former teammates don't love him based off of what was going off on Twitter and whatnot, so I'm like, mm-hmm. maybe Seattle fans just, like, took, like, obviously you're going to root for your team, you're going to root against anyone that's against you, but I, I don't know, I never really understood booing just in general, if someone played for your team especially if they won you a Super Bowl 
but yeah. I guess maybe I could see yeah. the argument, but still not really. <laughs> yeah, like I get he's on the other team now and stuff like that, but he did win you a Super Bowl and it's like, I'd be happy enough with that. But yeah. my thing is, is it's like, I have heard rumors though that he has like his own shower and his own like private locker and like people aren't allowed to listen to like future at practice because like future obvious he's like raising future's kid with Sierra which like is I did hear and I don't know if this is true but if it is it's the funniest thing I've ever heard that someone on the Seattle coaching staff connected their phone to the speaker in the away locker room and started blasting future while everyone was in the shower (laughs) I hope that is true that's fucking hilarious that's so funny um but I mean Nathaniel Nathaniel Hackett really blew this game I mean I don't watch the Manning cast but I saw the video of Peyton Manning like calling for a timeout for like a solid 30 seconds everyone even an average football fan knew that they should have taken the timeout and given the ball to Russell Wilson because the like even if you're like a stats person and not like an okay it's Russell Wilson person you're paying him a quarter of a billion dollars and like two kickers in the history of the game have ever hit this kick like I think it was a 50 percent chance that on that down with five yards to go like they make that so it's like and it's Russell Wilson like fuck it um I'm not a huge Geno Smith fan but I'm happy for them and I'm happy for the Seahawks like defense like that was fun I'm also like a DK Metcalf stand so I I thought that was like a fucking awesome game like that's hilarious and I'm just like even though my mom is going to murder me for saying this I know Russell Wilson went to Wisconsin and I'm supposed to like him for that reason but like, I'm just don't like Russ as a person. So, all right. I'm going to go on a Jags rant before we get into our PLL stuff. Jags thoughts. Like I said, I was drinking the Kool-Aid real bad before this season started. Like I was all in, I was like, all right, we spent all this money in the off season. Like we got all of these players. We got receivers for Trevor. Our biggest issue last year was that our receivers were dropping the ball and that's why Trevor I mean that's not why Trevor had so many interceptions but it didn't help and the first half was fucking garbage outside of their one their first drive on offense I literally thought I was going to throw up in the stands and it wasn't from alcohol it was just because I was like who is this team where did we put all of this money and why am I here this is the same team as last year and it's like I think that a lot of people also like I don't know why nobody was talking about this on Twitter but obviously like the biggest playmaker for Washington is Chase Young and he wasn't playing and it's like I can't even imagine if he was what that game would have looked like and I don't know why nobody's talking about it is because like it's not like we beat a team that like I just ah (laughs) the only positive takeaway that I have from this game is that Trayvon Walker looked unreal he had a sack and the interception that he had if you haven't seen it like pause this podcast and go look at it because I have never seen someone with such long arms like his arms are the size of my legs from like all of it like I just it's insane and I know that I said I think I said this on Twitter this week and it's like was I super stoked with the Trayvon pick at the time no One, it had just come out that he had like a potential like DUI situation or like something like that right before the draft or was like pulled over. And so I, I'm not going to make any speculations, but there was some drama there Two, He seemed like a real project. He's an athletic freak. 
cool. And three, the reason that I was so high on Aiden Hutchinson, like I think most Jags fans were, is because of the way that we have drafted talent historically. Like we've taken bets on people. We have over drafted people before. Like it's been a real issue to keep talent or find good talent for us. So it's like, I was like, I want to take the most guaranteed person who can impact this team. And I was really impressed that Trayvon had a bigger first regular season game over Aiden Hutchinson, but I'm not going to over speculate on like, who's going to have the better career. Who's going to have the better season just because it's one game, but I'm, I'm happy to have Trayvon Walker on this team. I think that that's awesome. The last two things I want to talk about. I want to say that Christian Kirk was awesome. I think he had 117 yards in his first game. People have talked so much crap about his contract. I've been a stan since this all started. I'm all in on Christian Kirk. The run game, actually, there's more that I want to talk about. Sorry, I'm looking at our notes. That was not it. The run game also, <laughs> the biggest thing that we had last season was that we didn't run the ball. They, we had one of the best running backs in the game in James Robinson and did not rely on him enough at all. Same thing happened this week, and we have a different coach. So I don't understand what more James Robinson has to do to prove that he's that dude. And when your offense is having problems, Trevor's having turnover issues, he's making bad decisions, which I'll get to in a second. Why the fuck aren't we running a ball in with James Robinson and Travis Etienne in a very winnable game? Like that's a total issue for me. And yeah, Etienne had a touchdown that like, it wasn't completely his fault. Trevor did throw the ball too high, but it was still a drop, hit him in the hands. Like that's an issue. But he's going to be awesome. He had a ton of touches. He looked good. So it's like, I just don't understand why that's such a hard concept for the Jaguars to grasp. Um, the offensive line was fucking terrible, terrible. But on top of that, I think what needs to be addressed is that Trevor Lawrence is not where we want or need him to be or where we promised to have him be right now in the season. Like when he was coming out of college, cool. He was one of the best quarterbacks in college football of all time. We were sold that he was going to be this like generational talent. And yeah, Urban Meyer was his coach last year. His offensive line hasn't been great. And he has a new or a new coach this year, but I'm still like, how long can that be an excuse? Like Doug Peterson is a quarterback minded head coach and he's won Super Bowls that way before. So it's like, how much longer can that be an excuse for him to be making bad decisions, throwing bad interceptions, having those intentional grounding penalties that he had this weekend, he's got to learn to get rid of the ball or take the sack. Like you cannot be having those penalties. Penalties killed them. He's overthrowing the ball. Like it just, and when he's on, he's on. So it's like, I see these flashes of him, but I just don't think that he's where we're at. Do I think he has time to recover? Yes. But do I think that he's going to be Joe Burrow or Herbert? Fuck no, I don't at this point. Like I really don't. And it's sad, but I feel like he's going to have to turn it around this season or we might be looking for a new quarterback I don't know like I love Trev I really want him to work out I think that he needs some time but it's like I I the fans who are panicking yeah he's young yeah it's his second year he's had a lot of coaching changes a, a bad offensive line but it's like how long can that be an excuse for just bad decision making bad penalties overthrowing people when you have time like it just how how long can that be an excuse so that was my NFL rant especially my Jaguars rant I <laughs> I wish you could see the, I have six pages of Google Docs notes on the games this weekend. I'm not joking. <laughs> so those were kind of just my all-encompass Jags thoughts. Obviously, this is a big lacrosse weekend. I'm probably going to preview the NFL stuff somewhere else, like maybe on TikTok. I haven't, like I said, I have notes. Maybe I'll make a podcast. I've been meaning to do it. My life's been kind of crazy. So maybe I'll do that. But let's talk about the PLL. 
yeah, last weekend, uh, we'll start off because I have a lot to say about Whip Snakes Water Dogs. I feel like Chaos Archer, because I have so much done Whip Snakes Water Dogs, I'll probably go off on that one more. Chaos Archer, it's because I picked the Archers, you picked the Chaos, so we were both like playoff chaos. It's bound to happen. Everyone kind of saw it. And I said it, I don't know if it was on this podcast or on the other podcast. I was like, the Archers always do. They have these high highs and then they just can't continue and follow it up. And that was kind of my fear with them. And again, it just happened again where they came out that first part. I think they did get on the board first, but after that, it was just all chaos. I know Chris Bates said at the um, half, he was like, well, on the bright side, it's only a two goal game, like one possession game. And we have played some of the worst squads that we've played all year. So I'm pulling up the statue right now. Here. And it was just, it was kind of brutal. To, like, I really do feel bad for the archers because they're similar to the Redwoods in that I think the Redwoods are going to have the most uh, roster turnover next year just due to free agents. But the archers, I think, had the second most, including like Holman, like, I can't remember if Shriver, but a lot of their big name guys. So this kind of was like one of those, like, is the window closing? Because this has been pretty much the same group since 2019. And it's like, what's missing at this point? Because you have, like you said so many times, they have the best offense in the league when they're clicking. And then you put up a game like that. And yeah, like you're going up against playoff plays who made a, the final save in his fucking shorts on Tom mm-hmm. Shriver to save the game. So it's like, yeah, you have that going for you. But also they saw this chaos team twice in the regular season and beat them by multiple goals both times. And now this is the third year in a row that the chaos have knocked them out of the playoffs. And so it's just going to be that continued storyline. Like the Archers cannot finish in the playoffs and the chaos are their kryptonite. What do you think went right and wrong? Right for the chaos, obviously, and wrong for the Archers. Right for the chaos, Obviously, the clear answer, Blaze, was the biggest part of that. But then also their defense just as a whole, I think, did a really good job. They were really good at switching up their defensive schemes, I thought. Because, again, like, this is such a tough – like, I think Andy Tower said it to me last week. He's like, their offense has no holes. Like, there's no weaknesses to that offense. Like, you can't just throw the same guy on one-on-one. Like, you have to really be smart with who you're going to short stick. Because there's – anyone you short stick is going to be able to capitalize on it. But – Regardless, I thought their defense played a really, really good game. And they also had a great game at the faceoff stripe, not just Max Adler, but the wing play too. But then their offense, I feel like finally was like seen and like, yeah, it was still a low scoring game, but that's kind of the type of ball they play. Like they've been a low scoring team this year and they pulled off like, yeah, maybe not in the regular season, they pulled off wins, but it's not like they've had these offensive explosions over the years where they're going to drop 20 pieces on you. Like, they just like get production from everywhere. And like, that's the other thing. Like it's never the same with them. Like you'll have guys, they were doing a lot of the scoop shots. I thought like more so than usual, like goalies aren't prepared for that. Or like Mac O'Keefe, he's known for his like lefty, like that shot. He was like going underhand. Like there's just so much going on. It's so tough to figure those guys out, especially because they do have so much chemistry and they have, most of them have been playing now like year round because of the NLL too. So everything, like, I know Andy said, he was like, things just keep getting better each week. And again, I think this was their best game to his point because they are, they are getting better each week and like they are built for the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Um, You want to talk about the other game? Yes. Okay. I will let you rant. Go off. I 
again, so unbiased. However, I was just happy to see one, a championship without the Whip Snakes, because looking at the Whip Snakes team, they were nine and one in the regular season for good fucking reason. They're another team that have no real weaknesses to them. And yeah, like, why would they? Because a lot of them have been together since Maryland. I think especially that defensive unit they have with Kyle Burnmore and then like Bryce Young, Matt Dunn, all those guys have been together now for years. Like chemistry is not an issue there, but then you also have an attack that, especially the two-man game of Rambo and Zed, just always gets it done. I think their midfield, like especially those younger guys, their inexperience showed in this game. But like the Whipsakes were winning this game at one point. I think it was like seven to four or something. But also it was kind of very stereotypical Water Dogs game where you saw Mikey Schlosser went down. He got injured. Michael Sauer scored the first three goals for the Water Dogs, and then he pulled his hamstring, and they said he wasn't 100%. You could tell he was kind of, like, limping around a little bit in the game. But they are a team that faced so much adversity, I think, more than any other team this year. They've had all those issues with injuries, and, you know, they're still without Ryan Brown at that point. I'm assuming he'll be back going up just because Mike Schlosser is out. You're yeah. going to need someone, maybe it's him, maybe it's Charlie Kitchen. I don't know. But either way, it was just, I'm saying this all year, and I said it a couple of weeks ago on a podcast, and they're like, it's not what you see in the Whipsnakes, so, like, it doesn't matter. And I was like, the Water Dogs play the most complete game every week, and they get better every week. And Andy Copeland said that. He's like, yeah, like, that's our thing. We just improve each week. Like, they've played so many one-goal games. They're the only teams that have beat the Whipsnakes, and that's not why I was like, oh, they're going to beat them again, just because they were that only team. It's because they do play such a complete game. Like, they don't get phased. Like, they yeah. don't care that they're down by three or four to the whip snakes who have won twice already and have been to the championship every year. They don't care that they're walking with, like, they've got, like, 15, 16 field players and, like, Michael Sowers isn't at 100%. Like, whatever. They don't give a fuck. They find ways. Like, Matt Witcher, he scored, like, a huge game tying goal. And then Kieran McCardle's in Another guy we talked about so much that like, he just put the team on his back and he did in the whip snakes the regular season. He did again, just hopped in the last quarter and was like, fuck it, I'll put the team on my back. They just have so many guys and then such a versatile midfield. Like, I think, again, the best midfield in the league just because of that versatility. You get Zach Courier, who can play both ways. Like, those ground balls, especially, are going to be huge. I think the chaos. I was looking at the stats from when they played them in week four. And it was like Zach Courier had next to the faceoff guys. He had like the second most ground balls as he usually does. But then also their defense in that game against the chaos had like 10 points themselves. And like, yeah. that's huge. And again, I know mm-hmm. it's playoff chaos. Like we can kind of get the championship preview now. Cause that's like, well, I have two comments before I yeah. move on. One, I was sitting with my friend Haley and Tyler when I got mm-hmm. the notification about the upset. And my friend Haley is like a diehard fan of our podcast. So she's like kind of gotten into lacrosse and obviously Tyler like keeps up with it because of us. And I like my jaw hit the floor and everyone's like, what? And I was like, the water dogs just upset the whip snakes. And Haley like shoved me and she was like, what? Shut up. No way. And I was like, yeah. And she goes, that's fucking awesome. And Tyler was like freaking out too. So we all had like a moment, like while we were at the stadium and that was really fun. Um, But also I have to say, and I know you're unbiased and probably can't make a comment about this, but the fucking post of the guys crying on the Instagram with the caption, 
<laughs> will remember this feeling. Don't get me wrong. I'm pro dudes crying. Dudes who cry are hot. I am pro dudes having emotions, but I think there's a way to make that post and a way to not make that post. And that was definitely on my, what the fuck is going on? Sorry. I literally, like I was scrolling through that and I was just like, this is like, it's, I just like, this is like the pick me version of like the PLL. Like this is literally like a pick me post. I'm sorry, but it is. I was just like, I was dying over that. Oh, also when we're talking about that game, I just want it known. I predicted the score right. I want that known for everyone because I was like, everyone's like fucking idiot. Water dogs are going like water dogs win 11 10, just like the first game of the season when they saw each other's 11 10 with snakes. It's all gonna come full circle now. So I was so fucking proud of myself. Fuck you all. Fuck everyone yeah. that told me that was a bad idea for the water dogs as my overall winner. Dude, same with me and the Seahawks. I was like, the Seahawks are going to be a lot better than people think they're going to be. And I said that on this podcast and people were like, you're fucking crazy. Boom. So I don't know. Maybe we're just better than everybody. I okay. I, I mean, I've known we are. So whatever. <laughs> Haters keep up. Uh, <laughs> all right. So championship preview. You know, I'm going to pick against the chaos. I'm going to say it. You are? I hope okay this is so hard because I will be happy either way one because it's gonna either be a new winner and an underdog and a team that we have been supporting for quite some time now and Barstool can suck it <laughs> but like Andy I'm going water dogs just because again I I can't not pick them at this point considering I've been winning it all so. which means we should hand the chaos the trophy right now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's basically what we just said <laughs> oh yeah how's your cough oh I, i'm struggling <laughs> i think i'm at the end of it because now i am like at the cough stage of it so so here's what i think the okay is is sour is gonna play do you know yeah yeah okay so i don't know man we've talked a lot about like the chaos in the postseason i've I was always like the blaze reared in revenge tour is going to happen. Like you just watch. And it's like, I saw some of the highlights from last weekend. He had a great game. Like he was obviously the MVP last year. Like I, I don't know. I think that that's going to be like the one difference maker for me is that if blaze has the game that we know that he is consistent with and capable of having, I think the chaos win, but like if blaze even blinks wrong for one second, I think that they're going to take advantage of that. But I don't know, man. They're mid. I don't know. Fuck. See, that's okay. So I'm writing a story now. It's like a Sours Rowlett one on one matchup. But so I've been doing a lot of like extra research into that. But it's so hard to write anything to do with the chaos in the postseason. Like, it does not matter what their stats were in the fucking regular season. Like, I'm like, oh, Blaze uh, hit a 44% save percentage about the Water Dogs. Like, he had his word, like, let up most uh, goals he had since 2019. Cause the watermark scored 18 on him in week four and both those teams were going in that was they were the only two teams in the league without a win come week four that was the first week the chaos had all their nll guys back granted like everyone's probably banged up tired whatnot but they did the water dogs won 18 and 9 which was their best player high scoring game up until the atlas and the quarterfinals when they dropped 19 on them but it's so hard to predict because it's like okay 
yeah, the regular season water dogs dropped 18 on the regular season chaos. The chaos don't give a fuck about the regular season record. They're like a completely different team. Again, both these teams are ones that just keep getting better each week. I think the only difference is the water dogs have been improving each week since week one. Whereas chaos is just like, we're going to back ourselves into the playoffs and then we'll wake up and show up. It's an experience fun. thing. Yeah. yeah. It's, that, it's, I think that that's, for me, it's not that, yes, it is like the chaos have, they do play well in the postseason, but I think that that's what's gotten them to this point this season is just the fact that they have experience with it. Like, I don't think it's because that they've been playing like really good lacrosse or whatever. I think that it's just the fact that they have experience playing in the postseason and they know how to exploit people in those situations. And what's really interesting to me about this matchup is because clearly you have a bunch of Buffalo Bandits guys on the chaos who just lost the NL finals to the Colorado Mammoth. Who is the goaltender for the Colorado Mammoth? But Dylan Ward, who was the NLL finals MVP in the Water Dogs goalie, these guys are still upset from the NLL finals. Like, that's going to sit with them for a while. And now here you are back in another championship setting. Same fucking goalie is sitting in that. <laughs> so, score prediction, MVP prediction, go. Okay. Score prediction, I'm going. I'm going to say 14 11. That was my dogs. answer. Me oh, too. Really? I literally was sitting here 14-11 water dogs. I'm like, I have Karen McCardle, MVP. Okay, I'm gonna go. Honestly, I'm gonna go with our boy Michael Sowers. I like the I like that he's on Rowlett. I think we saw that Rowlett is like fast as fuck. Probably he is the fastest person in the PLO, but I kind of like that matchup because Shower Sowers is just so tiny. I feel like he can just, you know. I'm just nervous because he's not at 100 percent with his hamstring. So I don't okay. know like how much of a leash she's gonna have. I mean, grant the championship, so they're probably like, fuck it, everyone. Like, and obviously he's also gonna be like, fuck it, I, like put me on the field the entire time. I don't care. But that was gonna be my question. Is like obviously in other sports, like I don't know what that I can't think of the name of like the stuff they shoot people up with who are injured, like in important games. But I wonder if they oh, do yeah. that in the PLL. I wonder if they do that in the PLL. Should. <laughs> You're like, whatever it takes. I need to be right. <laughs> like Michael Sowers. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's all right. I, I think that he deserves it because we stand Michael Sowers on this podcast. Hell yeah, we so, do. Him and Jeff Teat, big fans. I don't know. Michael Sowers might be taken over. As <laughs> Maybe for you. I just think Jeff, is, we've talked about how quiet Jeff is and I think he's just mysterious. <laughs> Like, I know nothing about him other than the fact that he plays lacrosse and likes Marvel, and I'm like, that's insane. Well, what kills me is it was the quarter, because I went back and rewatched the games in the quarterfinals, just by, like, hearing what they say on the broadcast, too, and they had, like, they're talking about Sowers versus T. Of the two of them, they say, they're like, oh, Michael Sowers, he's a quieter personality, blah, 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 my between him and Jeff T, you're going to opt for calling him. I'm not saying he's, like, this, like, in your face like all over social media or anything I was like how are the two of them <laughs> I, I think that like just ba- Jeff <laughs> yeah I don't know 
either of them very well at all. Like I've never had a conversation with either of them, but I've definitely gotten more out of the PLL pod, like broadcasts or like interviews of Michael Sowers than I ever have out of Jeff. Like, I feel like I know him way better just because he's willing to like, I don't know, talk about stuff. <laughs> He'll talk for more than like 10 so I'm just like I don't know like no, I like I just, Jeff, like I also I also I'm gonna spill some tea I saw Jeff on Raya and the fact that he had like I don't remember what it was but it was like some really like hardo rap song it's like his his song on Raya I'm just like that's awesome <laughs> like I don't remember what it was but I was like that is I expected it to be like I don't know like Rufus DeSoul or something but it was like <laughs> some banger and I was like that's fucking incredible <laughs> sorry Jeff we just blew up your spot <laughs> <laughs> hey I mean if you're cool enough to be on Raya I don't know if that's blowing up anybody's spot like True. that's rad but like I don't know I just thought that was so funny yeah sorry Jeff <laughs> not that he listens to this podcast or anyone he knows does but like whatever yeah it's never getting back to him so it's fine no even if he did listen to this podcast for some reason. I don't think that he would tell anyone. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I think it'd be a shame. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we are a pro water dogs podcast. Congratulations. Chaos on the trophy. <laughs> um, are you of an NLL note before we get into a couple NHL comments that you also have? And then our closing segments. Yes, I don't know if you saw this. Obviously, the NL draft was last weekend, but the San Diego Seals made probably the funniest draft pick of all time. Just everything about it was perfect. First of all, the kid's name's Chris Dong. He was the 69th overall pick in round four, number, and his number is 20. 69th pick, round four, his number is 20, Chris Dong. <laughs> I need Just every a- box. I need a Chris Dong jersey now. Now. <laughs> I did not see that, but that is fucking awesome. Do you think that that kid smokes weed? I, I well, my question was like, did the Seals do that on purpose? They're 69th overall pick. They're like, Dong. I was, <laughs> With the 69th overall pick. Your tweet got so much attention from like, because obviously it reached outside of lacrosse because people were like, 69th overall pick and you're picking Chris Dong that's incredible (laughs) I was not on Twitter a whole lot this weekend because I was just hammered (laughs) and I like try to be cognizant of putting my phone away when I'm drunk so that I don't do anything more stupid than usual (laughs) other than I had to pull my phone out for Kelly Clarkson titty girl as you should as I, should, I literally was like bopping what's that new Nicki Minaj song that's like I can whatever blah, 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 oh blah, um, super freaky girl. super freaky girl that song was on and I was like bopping around to it but I was like tweeting about titty girl and then I was like all right I gotta put my phone away I can't do this anymore so yeah all right I love that that's fucking awesome I need that kid's jersey even though we are a riptide and desert dogs podcast yes um, also I did find out, I think I'm going to Vegas for work. So, and it would be when they're playing. So you should Ooh. crash my hotel room. <laughs> oh, maybe I will. Yeah. I really want to go to a game <laughs> and it'd be in the winter. So we could get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, I couldn't even handle fucking Philly. I don't know if I could do it. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's a great point but I think that you you would just I think you'd be fine or you just wouldn't come back I really I like, think that you would get lost in the sauce sending me to Vegas is like a social experiment no that's like a suicide mission <laughs> Sarah literally like I don't think you'd come back I'm like people don't realize I don't get out of time so when I do I'm like full force unruly Sarah's girls gone wild and I think that if there were bright lights and machines and unlimited free booze for chicks that Sarah would just be like yep I've made it (laughs) this is it and there's prostitution and strip clubs I don't even have to ever remember my first stripper ever it can just keep happening over and over again more I'm like maybe I should just go to Vegas just to like (laughs) I think that we should go for a desert dogs game I literally need to go for just that and then be sent away immediately. <laughs> like, I oh, can't go man. anywhere beyond that. Or you could just, I don't know, because here's the thing. I would want to go to a Golden Knights game. Okay, I do want to go to a Golden Knights game. And I I do hear that people like Pop Molly to go to those games. <laughs> Sarah's like, Pop the Molly, I'm sweating. Woo! That would be hilarious. But no, like those games are crazy. I don't know if you ever see, like, you know how when they put people on the broadcast, they always are just fucked up. Yes. Like I, like I would want to go. I don't know if like Molly's in my cards, but like <laughs> I want to get trashed at one of those games. I don't know. I, I might have to make the trip to Vegas. <laughs> Sarah's like, Molly? <laughs> don't know her. Could know her. I'm like, we'll see. All right. All right. Yes. All right. We're getting, we're getting crazy with it. So speaking of the Golden Knights, though, you do have some NHL notes. I didn't put any in here because like I said, I just was MIA on the internet this weekend. So outside of the NFL, I have no fucking clue what's been going on. Uh, so training camps are starting to kind of get back. So, you know, guys are returning. Jake DeBrusque was at camp yesterday. He addressed the media after. And I forget who, maybe it was Ty Anderson, like asked him like, about him presenting his trade request. And, you know, he just kind of gave the general answer that everyone expected. But then someone asked, like, oh, like, did you requesting a trade have anything to do with Bruce Cassidy? And he gave, like, the most, like, longest non-answer answer, which I understand. And he was, like, he was very good about it, very cordial. Like, you could tell he knew it was coming. It was, like, I get, like, I respect that it's your job as a journalist to ask those questions he's like that's just not my focus like I'm just like happy yeah he's like I'm happy to be back in the team I'm happy to be back with the guys like that's my big thing the fuck Bruce Cassidy yeah and he was like there's so many stories going around he was like I like there's no answer to that really like whatever which pretty much gives you your answer but again he was like I'm not going to give you guys quotes so you can like yeah. spin it into something, which I thought was very I love that. I'm like, it's an yeah. honest answer. But then also like, you're still not getting your story. <laughs> even, even as a journalist though, like you are able to take that and make it, he gave us an answer without giving us an answer, but it's a respectable answer. Mm-hmm. And like, you don't have some like clickbaity punchline. And yeah. I think that that's like the important thing is that you, you got your story, but you didn't get anything that like you could run with because Jake, like, I mean, that's, that's media training at its finest right there. I saw someone on Twitter say, and they made a really good point. They were like, 
because of course you know how Bruins fans are the, they like twisted as if like the media were like trying to villainize him or anything no they weren't they were just doing their job that's their job and he even said it himself I don't think there was any like animosity between that interaction but someone was like also like why would he ever like give you an upfront like straightforward answer when they like tore him apart last year like not I'm saying like those people in specific but just the Boston media in general tore apart Big Brother and now you want him to get vulnerable and like go out and say oh yeah this is why like no that anyone a, that that's is, a good point in the Boston market knows better than you don't give those people storylines like that yeah that's a good point like that's that's so true like that's like the thing about reporters who have been there for a while around guys like that is that they have relationships to either get things on the record or off the record that other reporters might not be able to have but it's like they were basically wishing Jake DeBrusque out of here last year Mm -hmm. and I think that we were kind of on the train early of being like no like I want Jake here like Jake's a good guy like he's a good player he has potential like whatever like we were very pro Jake and it's Mm -hmm. like I think that it was definitely Bruce Cassidy but you can't just be like yeah fuck that guy no, because that's a terrible look. Because, yeah, maybe you're not going to be a Bruin for life. And then, especially in the old time hockey world, they're going to look back to, like, you disrespected your coach. Like, you said this. You caused all this, like, media stir. And there's still going to be people who are like, oh, you re- requested a trade and then, like, all stuff. Even though he handled that perfectly. When you had reporters fighting with his mom on Twitter. Yeah. He handled it the best he could, I thought. So I think he just continues to display a lot of maturity that people don't give him enough credit for especially in this market too like this is a tough market to be a player in because the not only the fan expectations are high the media expectations are high like you just basically it's championship or bust every year around here and you have to be damn near perfect to be up to par here and it's just that that is what it is and I think that he kind of sees that but I think that he had the upper hand too in the fact that he was playing the best hockey he'd been playing all year when he requested that trade and he had some leverage with that. And now mm-hmm. he has the like crowd of people who are like, okay, well, because all of these people are coming back, maybe it was Bruce and not Jake. Yeah. So once again, we stand. Truly, always. Okay. All right. What's your other note? Um, I don't know if we've talked about this we might have touched on a little bit during free agency just because the Suns did have a lot of moves. They're going to be good this year. I We did really, talk about this. Yeah. And I, I do agree. Wish so hard that they weren't in the same division as the Bruins because I am rooting for them just because I would like to see some like variety in that division and not just like the same old like Leafs, Panthers, whatever. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm excited for this team. I'm excited to watch them, especially because I don't really have any set expectations right now for the Bruins. Granted, we're not getting like Marshawn, McAvoy, and Grizzly back till like October, November. But like the Suns were just so active in this offseason. And it's just like they, I love that Brady Kachuk is their captain because he is like, he's like, like 22 year old and he's in charge of like Claude Giroux now, which is insane. Mm-hmm. But like, people of Ottawa love Brady Kachuk and like everyone on that team just seems to gel really well so I'm very interested to see how it translates with all these new names because they are such like high caliber team now I don't know I'm excited yeah I was looking at their uh, the other thing that I am kind of excited for is that I think that they've built up their farm system I was just looking at their standings from last season and they weren't as high in their division as I thought they would be but they Mm -hmm. built up their farm system quite a bit other I mean don't get me wrong, like they, they've drafted well and a lot of their players had some like really high caliber games in Belleville last year. 
but I think that the reason that like a lot of people around here will be pissed if they're way better is because yeah I don't think Seneshin's ever going to come out to play for them but like if he did and he got a ring with them I think that that would be fucking terrible there I just like have so little expectations for the Bruins because everyone in the division did get better and the Senators are the biggest example of that and I saw someone which this is definitely a hot take but I'm like I don't hate that take I would not publicly say because of how fucking crazy people are they're the Senators could finish with a better record than the Maple Leafs this season. I like that take. I like, I'm like, yeah. that's a hot fucking take, but they very well could. And they have a UNH wildcat in their farm system. <laughs> yeah, go cats. <laughs> um, yeah, I think they're going to be good. They got a lot better. It kind of reminds me, and like, yeah, we tend to cross sports sometimes, and a lot of people do on the broadcast too, but it kind of reminds me of what's going on with the Patriots. Like, the Patriots... I, I just said that like the expectations here are so high because it's always championship or bust, but the Patriots division got a lot better and they didn't do a whole lot to do so. I mean, they brought back a couple of bets, same with the Bruins, like, but I think that people expect them to be better than they are going to be because they have those veteran names and those recognizable names. Yeah. And it's like, I, I also don't have super high expectations for them, especially with having a new coach. Yeah. I'm not, again, of course, they'll probably go on some like early win streak without Marshawn, McAvoy, and Grizz. Like, I was like, if they could do this, then they can easily win the cup and then I'll be all in on them like a month in. But they're just in the toughest division. Like, there's so much talent in that division. There's so many contenders alone. And again, like we just said, everyone's gotten better. And they've like, yeah, they've added a couple of names here and there that I think will be significant. But for the most part, they are still relying on that veteran few names. And the clock, like the clock's been ticking. We've said the window's closing for like last three years. So I guess we'll see. Yeah. All right. Moving on to our closing segments, our pop culture shit of the week. You know, we have to bring up the Kardashians. I don't know if you saw this. Ray J is suing the Kardashians and leaked all of this stuff. I guess so Chris Jenner went on one of the late night talk shows and did like some truth detector thing. And Mm -hmm. one of the questions was, did she leak Kim's tape? And she said no. And the machine said that fair. And then Ray J went on to leak all of the information saying that he had, that Kim leaked the tape. They filmed three different tapes. There was a contract, notes, all this kind of stuff that he put out there and he's now suing them. And so I'm kind of sitting here like, what if this entire time it wasn't Chris, but it was Kim? I did see this. I I don't know what to think because I'm like on the one hand at that time like again we didn't we didn't have the access to Kim's life that we do now where we know like every little thing it feels like but she very much was like it feels like trying to break in the spot like she was in like Paris Hilton's shadow just I know waiting for that moment and so I'm like you have a second tape with Ray J like everyone knows who Ray J is like I would not be surprised at all especially because then she was able to put that positive twist on like oh look at me like I built myself up from having my sex tape leak to now I'm this successful businesswoman like I'm in law school like all this stuff well my thing is is that it's like she's kind of in the last couple years especially because she has kids and her tape is out there has been like woe is me like oh my god is there like the like a couple months ago when there was that like 
oh, Kanye might have like a backup of like a second tape, which makes so much sense that he would now if there actually is two or three tapes yeah. on that MacBook that he bought, which that right there, the internet hasn't talked about, I don't think, which is fucking crazy to me, but she's been like, what was me? Like saints on my sex tape on Roblox, like whatever. <laughs> yeah, on Roblox. But like, <laughs> but like, if you leaked it yourself, like I feel less bad for you, first of all, but second of all, like you've been playing like the woe is me, even if you regret it card that like your kids are seeing this sex tape and stuff like that, like that kind mm-hmm. of, I don't know, girl, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Clearly, it's worked out for her for the better. Because I'm like, even if she did leak the tape herself at this point, and like Ray J could sue her, that family has so much fucking money. Like, okay. <laughs> Although I did think it was funny that when they asked Chris if her favorite child was Kylie, she said yes, and the machine was like, true. <laughs> at least she. And then Kylie was like, some. "Well, everyone knows it. Like, she can't yeah. hide it. It's not a secret so, at this point." Yeah. So that's my pop culture. What's yours? Um, mine, it's not really anything in specific. I don't know if your TikTok creep page has also been a lot of New York fashion stuff. I'm not interested in fashion week. I have no I can't tell you last time I've been to New York. For some reason, my for you page is a mix of like New York fashion week, like TikTok influencers at Fashion Week wearing like fucking sheens to these like events and then just like princess diana shit so i'm, I'm like, on princess diana tiktok that's like, that's part of my between the two but i'm like i despise these people that are at new york fashion. i'm like i don't give a fuck about new york fashion week i still don't really know what it is i swear to god it already happened i thought it already happened but i was like i like there's like certain influencers i really do like and they're very like down to earth and grounded then there's others who i'm like okay you should not be at this event and like, oh, like I'm wearing sheen, like blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you're at like fucking like Dior, like whatever. I'm like, read the room. And they're just like filming shit. And I'm like, you should Filling not even up a clip. Care. Like, why did are you, you see, even here? Did you see Kyle Kuzma walking in New York Fashion Week I in did. this outfit? <laughs> I saw this before we got on the show. And I was just like, okay, first of all, I have to say he slayed the walk. I will say like, Mm -hmm. he's, he's beautiful. He's gorgeous. Like his walk was great. I'm sorry. The fact that they put him in like an Ursula outfit fucking kills me. Like, I just don't like, I understand that like fashions art, like they do it to kind of like talk about trends and like all that kind of stuff. But I'm just like, it's so over the top that I don't know. Like, did you see? Okay, I did see one New York Fashion Week TikTok, and it was like all the influencers like lined up and down the street, like walking in front of cars to get like pictures and stuff. Yeah, that I'm like, uh, I just like can't stand that type of shit. And that's all my free. I'm like, these people should not be at New York Fashion Week. So I'm like, again, I don't know much about fashion, anything like that. I'm like, this is like top of the top like it's, at least in the U.S. like I know it's definitely probably different like Paris Venice, that type of stuff but I'm like in the U.S. it's the biggest fashion event I'm like why are these goofy TikTokers here in like Revolve Sheen which again I wear that type of stuff too but I'm like if I was gonna New York Fashion Week I would either be like no I don't belong there or two I'd be like I need to get my hands on some shit so I play the role and like discreet about it because it's not like it's like this influencer like event like Coachella or something yeah that's what kills yeah. me I'm like oh. it's just cringe so cringe I like get so much like secondhand embarrassment watching them all post them I'm like stop 
<laughs> you shouldn't yeah. even be there. So I have a couple tea party segments. You sent me the Giselle stuff before the show. So I, I see you don't have a tea party. So we can talk about that for yours. Mm-hmm. I have to say two things. One, did you see, I know that you just said that you're on Princess Diana TikTok and so am I. Like I'm so deep into it and I know that they fucking killed her. Mm-hmm. But did you see that Meghan Markle wore the Diana replica to the Queen's funeral? It wasn't the funeral because the funeral hasn't happened yet, but it was something. Oh yeah, yeah. The the whatever, whatever I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Some, the I don't, they have I way too they it's a she's dead. Get over it. Like have the fucking funeral. Whatever. It doesn't need you don't need to cancel life for two weeks. Two weeks. That was like because you know they're doing the coronation for fucking Charles or whatever. Like none of us have ever really seen it. British He's gonna die in two weeks. Oh, I know, but they're like, we are going to be introduced to so many things that we didn't know exist in British culture and realize how fucking insane these people are, which I already thought they're insane, but just with the amount that has gone with this death of whatever, like, like all like the weird little traditions they have are just so fucking weird. I'm like more excited for the coronation thing than the funeral, just because the funeral is going to be ridiculous as well, but British culture is fucking weird. Yeah, the fact that they canceled like life for 12 days, all the games, everything like she was 96 years old. <laughs> it's not like this was like a random freak fucking accident or somebody killed her or something like, holy fuck. Like, it's just it's so extra to me. And it's like, even if our president died, like, we wouldn't cancel work for two weeks. Hospitals canceled like people's like cancer patients like doctor's appointments and like surgeries and stuff in England you can't do that that sounds dystopian that's fucking weird dude okay weird my other thing is I don't know if you saw this but Serena Williams made a comment that Tom Brady started a great trend of unretiring and she may be also unretiring I did not see that I don't know how I feel about this like I love Serena, but it's like, I, we don't need to go through this twice. Like if you're going to retire, do it, live your life, be a mom, whatever you need to do. But it's, I'm sick. I don't want this to become a trend because we make such a big deal out of people retiring, especially people like Tom Brady and Serena and Peyton Manning and whoever Mm -hmm. make your decision and do it. I don't need to go through these emotions this watching you play to like get your like I just I don't need to go through that twice like if you want to be done be done like stop I just I hate it like because now the t-shirts don't mean shit the like all the memorabilia crap like I I hate it I hate it no I agree I do not like the whole retire unretire thing whatever I get people change their mind things happen but it is kind of becoming like almost like a trend at this point like like it's weird I don't like it and I think it makes it very difficult as fans because, you know, we saw it after fucking Tom Brady retired and that guy spent all that money on his, like, last, like, whatever it was. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, just kidding. Like, I don't know. Just shit like that. Yeah, like, that <laughs> sucks. Like, that sucks. Now stuff doesn't mean anything. And it's like, I we have to go through, like, your celebration of you unretiring again. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's so extra for no reason. So annoying. So annoying. So we said we we're going to talk about Tom and Giselle again this week because I brought it up last week that I thought they were going to get a divorce. You sent me a TikTok for some comments that I had seen on First Take this morning. 
basically it, Giselle was quoted as saying that like I think that basically what she's saying is that like she gave up some of the best years of her career to be a parent and be a mom and take care of the kids and you know she made some like marital sacrifices and now it's Tom's turn to do that and you know it's a violent sport she wants her her kids parent to be healthy she wants him around and stuff like that I think that she quite literally is just over his fucking bullshit and is like I need my career it's my career's turn I don't blame her I don't blame her at all especially like because we're saying right now like oh yeah like as a fan or something when people retire then unretire and then pull that shit like that's going imagine being the mother of the children like and you're like fucking finally like this guy's going to be around more like I've raised the children pretty much on my own at this point because she's like I did put myself on the back burner because I want to see him follow his dreams and like I let put my career on hold like I was raising our kids while he was out doing everything he wanted to do and then finally, like, I know she didn't say this, but like, I don't know, that thought like, oh, okay, he's retiring, like, we can finally be a regular family all together. And he's like, mm, just kidding. Like, I would be fucking furious. Yeah. Like, if they weren't Tom and Giselle, they'd have so, like, I, I, I stand with Giselle on this. Like, you're 45, like, you've done the thing. What more do you have to prove? What more do you have to chase? Like you've done all the things, you have all the accomplishments, you have all the records. Nobody's even close to you. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and also, and I know that Tom and Giselle aren't, you know, Joe and Susie down the street that live next to you in fucking North Attleboro. But it's like, <laughs> she is the breadwinner. And the fact that she's like, okay, it's my career's turn. I make more money than you. Let me go, you know, live my life. And you need to stay at home with these kids who are now fucking in high school and shit. I think they're like, what, 12 and like 10 or something like that. I don't know how old the oldest yeah, one is that you had like out that. of wedlock or whatever. But like, it's her turn. Like you've been doing this for two decades. You guys have been married for at least 12 or 13 years now. Like, mm-hmm. I just like, I, I, Giselle has done, you know, like in, in, I'm not married. I can't speak to this, but I assume that, you know, you make a lot of sacrifices in a marriage and she's made almost all of them from what it seems. And he's just like, nah, nah, I don't really feel like it. I don't think Patriots fans in particular, because they are just so like, love Tom, like what they don't realize Giselle was the most famous supermodel like of her time and probably one of if not the most successful international maybe ever international she put that like on hold for him so he could play football and they need someone there to raise their kids and she did that and I know like they have millions on millions so it's not like she was sitting at home like slaving away all day by any means like, still she was this international super Ronald superstar put her life on hold for him and then I don't know yeah and it's not like she couldn't have her pick of the litter either you know yeah so I just think it's bizarre like I don't I know that Tom Brady's like brain is like wired weird but like go hang out with your kids dude please um tweets of the week mine's not really a tweet at me or anything like that I just want to say I saw this video of RG3 on on the BYU broadcast saying that Zach Wilson was always all in on the Cougars and the internet lost its mind. And I just thought that RG3 has become such a savage on the broadcast recently. And he's like this big Christian, like whatever. And I just think I'm, 
I'm loving what RG3 has been tossing around lately. He's been good. So that was my favorite tweet this week. Wasn't anything like weird or no horny in the DM this week. So what is your tweet of the week? Um, so this one, I do feel a little bad sharing this one because this person might listen to this. However, I think this could be a good learning lesson for anyone really listening to this, especially now because I know he is in college on the younger side. Again, I feel so bad, but it was just like very bizarre. Don't feel bad. Very uncomfortable. He messaged me last weekend. It was like, hey, the question for you, do you, or no, that was, oh, question is lacrosse flash looking for writers. This was last Friday. I said, I can find out for you. And said, okay, awesome. I was just curious. I didn't answer. I honestly kind of forgot to find out, but then I did. And so then Sunday he messaged me, hey, I have a question for you. Sorry for bothering you again. And then yesterday I said, what's your question? Also, would you be interested in NL writing? Lacrosse Flash is looking for writers there. And he said, oh, yes, I'm definitely interested. I do have a couple questions about that. So I'm not sure if you or someone else can answer them. Before I can even respond, he says, but my other question, and I'm sorry if this is completely random or awkward, but are you single by any chance? Again, I'm sorry if it's weird. I swear I'm not trying to be. You seem like an amazing person. So I just want to ask. I have not responded or acknowledged to that in any way. And I do feel bad because it seems like he didn't mean it to be creepy. But also, you have to kind of take social cues and read the room, possess some critical thinking. If you're looking for a potential job opportunity and you do, and you're going through me asking me not only to find out for you, like I'd be the line of connection there. Like I would be your point of reference. I don't want to work with you now. Like I'm not. Well, it's going not to even go yeah. and like go to up to back you. I don't want to. No, no. that's it's just, not. And even... I know people are young and like learning things and whatever. I'm like, this to me just kind of seems like common sense. But that's not the time to ask that question or ever. <laughs> like you don't shit where you eat. No, but also like. I just like, I don't, I don't even think that it's like a younger thing. It's like a, why would you ask me to help you get a job and then hit on me? Yeah. It like just very much rubbed me the wrong way for, I think, rightful reasons. Again, I didn't like unfollow or block or anything, but I also yeah. didn't respond. And I'm not going to lie, have not referenced his name just because I don't want to work. No. <laughs> I almost had like the opposite thing happen to me like I guess over a year ago now but I applied for this job and we it was like a very casual situation but I met up with a guy who was interviewing me mm-hmm. um at like to get a drink like it was I've I've played like I feel like you know how it is like freelance jobs sports jobs like sometimes like there are those traditional interviews but like I've played games of Fortnite for interviews I've gone for drinks like I've gone for like that kind of stuff like it's just like a less serious job I feel and it's more so like getting to know you as a person if you're going to be talking about something instead of like a what are your job requirements like whatever so I went up met up with this guy he offered me the job and then texted me and he was like, hey, like, I know that this is kind of out of pocket and I don't know what you would want to do with an old guy like me, but I just wanted to let you know that I felt like there were sparks there. And if you ever, you know, want to go on a date or something like that, I had already accepted the job. Yeah. And he was like, you know, we can kind of like work around that or whatever. And I was just like, I have now accepted this job and I'm so uncomfortable that my boss just let me know that he finds me sexually attractive. Yeah. 
like I just don't understand how people don't possess the social cues and common sense that they went to an Ivy League. There has to be a separation between work and personal, and that just could not be any more clear of an intersection of those that should not exist. Yeah, and it goes back to what I said earlier about one of my freelance jobs about them asking, and even if they didn't mean like relations the way that they said it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's still just, these things would never happen if we were dudes mm-hmm. in a male-dominated industry. Yeah. Like, it just, it's weird. Yeah, that just, I, like, that DM pissed me off so much. And I've, like, interacted with this kid before. Like, I've given him some advice and talked back and forth and stuff. And I'm, like, that's, like, just because we have, like, talked before, I'm, like, this is almost more disrespectful, like. Do you yeah. even like care to hear what I have to say? Or are you just using it as an excuse to like slide in the end? Like, I do not like that. That does not sit well with me. And I don't hold grudges against many people, but that is someone I will not <laughs> interact with true. ever again. Can you hear Jackson whining in his sleep right now? No. <laughs> That's what I just turned around for. It was the weirdest noise I've ever okay. heard. Um, I have one closing thought. Do you have any? Mm-mm. Um, this whole thing has kind of been, I don't want to say resolved at this point because there's still some stuff going on. I just want to say thoughts and prayers with Northeastern. There was mm-hmm. a bomb that went off last night in a package that injured a professor. Um, as of right now, nobody else was injured. Hopefully there's, you know, no more bombs or anything like that or around the city, but it like was kind of like a really scary moment because Northeastern wasn't saying anything to their students. They didn't send out any alerts. Yeah. Like their students were getting updates from like the MIT police. So it was a really like scary hour here last night in Boston, especially if you live close to Northeastern, especially for their students and faculty. So just a reminder, stay safe, like hug your loved ones. Like this world's crazy, dude. Yeah, yeah, so thanks for listening. We love you guys. Keep on sipping y'all, and we will see you next week. the curves with jelly above the thigh. Tell them no free sample if they ever want to try. Gotta buy the whole damn pie if you ever want to slice. That's the truth. Only tell the truth. What the hell you do? You got that juice. Fresh squeeze too cute. I can tell you new, and it ain't just you. Girl, it ain't just you. It's your whole damn crew. Got the haters on mute, because they love that view. Keep looking at you. Ain't nothing new. This is not their world. They know you run the city, every town, every borough. They know you keep it real, keep it classy, keep it thorough. When Sundays are for the boys, the Saturdays for the girls. Get them, girl, get them, girl. Because this is not their world. They know you run the city, every town, every borough. They know you keep it real, keep it classy, keep it thorough. When Sundays are for the boys, the Saturdays for the girls. Get them, girl, get them, girl. Saturday, y'all. Uh, Saturdays and Celsius. <laughs> With your hosts, Kendra and Sarah. Uh, y'all know who it is. It's your boy KR. Spot a kiss on the track. <laughs> Let's go. Uh,